In today's episode of Real People, Real God, Misu and Lindsay continue their Through the Bible character series. They'll say goodbye to Moses and introduce Israel's new leader, Joshua, as God's real people begin taking possession of the land that their real God promised to Abraham over 400 years earlier. Hi, this is Misu. And this is Lindsay. Welcome back, everyone. We're glad you could join us again today. Misu, how's your day going? It's good. It's quiet around here. Everybody, yeah, yeah everybody left. Even the dogs are gone. So it's, it's <laughs> kind of a ghost town around here. I'm not used to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I might have to, like, nice. get my teddy bear or something and hold it because I'm, I'm a little lonesome. <laughs> Feeling scared? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm just lonesome. My goodness. Yeah. I'm not used to not having anybody in the house. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. funny. How about you? How's your week going? Well, I'm uh, at my parents' house now for yeah. for Thanksgiving, so my sister's here and dogs are here, so it's a, just a completely different story where I'm at. It's a I lively guess. house. <laughs> I guess so. Well, fun. Home for the holidays, yeah. Oh, that's a fun it's thing. It's lots of fun. Yeah, good, mm-hmm. good. Well, tell them hi, give them hugs for me. Yes, definitely. <laughs> okay. Good. All right. Well, let's get back into our Through the Bible Character series. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've covered a lot of people here in the last couple few episodes hit quite a lot of ground and even just in these first few books of the old testament we've done a lot of foundation work um the foundation of people and events in these first few books have really laid a foundation for understanding a groundwork um for understanding the rest of the old testament so today we're going to say goodbye to moses and Mm -hmm. um, we're going to learn how the real how our real God chooses and empowers a new leader, Joshua, and he's mm-hmm. going to lead these real people, oh, bless his heart, uh-huh. into the land <laughs> oh, that God promised Abraham over 400 years earlier. So this is kind of a cool, yeah, this is like a promise re- realized. It's it's exciting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So, Lindsay, tell us what happens between the building, before we talk about Joshua, tell us what happens about between the building of the tabernacle and the time that Joshua actually leads them into the promised land. Yeah, Bring us up to well, speed. We've, we've got some real people doing some real things. <laughs> so, oh, boy. So yep. we've been talking about our real people, the nation of Israel. Um, and I'm going to kind of try to walk us through the book of Numbers a little bit here and, and okay. get a picture of what the real people are doing. So first of all, the real people leave Sinai. That's where they were when they got the law. That's where they were. Uh, and they built the tabernacle too. So it says mm-hmm. in Numbers 10, in the second year, the second month, the 20th day, the cloud lifted from the tabernacle of the testimony and the people of Israel set out from the wilderness of Sinai. So remember the mm-hmm. cloud was like God's presence and yes. they, they just okay. went where it went. So, so the cloud comes up and they leave Sinai. Um, and then they, they roam around in there in the wilderness of Paran. And these real people, they start complaining oh, again. They lo sure and behold, do. lo and behold, they start complaining again. Numbers chapter mm-hmm. eleven tells us about this. They're longing for the meat of Egypt, you know. Mm. And so the Lord gives them quail to eat. Bless the Lord. He gives them quail, but a lot of it. He's he gives them like more than they can handle. There's this, <laughs> these verses in Numbers eleven where he says, um, "The Lord will give you meat to eat." But you shall not just eat it one day or two days or five days or 10 days or 20 days, but a whole month until it comes out, comes of, your out of your nostrils and becomes oh. loathsome to you oh. because Can you have you rejected just, the yeah. Lord. Like, 
Yeah, I don't want to oh, eat yeah. quail. You know, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving's coming up. That's kind of how I feel at Thanksgiving sometimes. Yeah. I sometimes feel yeah. like I've eaten enough turkey and mashed potatoes that it's about to come out my nostrils. And that's, yeah. that's like that's day problem. 20 of leftovers, right? <laughs> right. Day 20 yes. of leftovers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these people are complaining about meat. God mm-hmm. gives it to them and he gives yep. it plenty. So a lot. Then, yep. Moving along, we get to Numbers chapter 13 and 14, and there's this interesting scene here that we really need to take stock of, especially Mm -hmm. as we get to Joshua and leading the people into the promised land. So in Numbers chapter 13, uh, they send spies into the land of Canaan, which is the land that God promised them. And these spies come back and they report that the land is indeed a good land and it's flowing with milk and honey and has much fruit, but... They, they are afraid to take over the land because they say the people who live there are tall and strong. They're like giants. Mm-hmm. They're, they're taller than all of us, and we look like grasshoppers compared to them, is what they say right. at one point. Yeah. Um, but one man, at first, Caleb speaks up, um, and he says, let's go in and take possession of the land anyways. But, but the other men, the spies, won't listen to him, and they just, they're stirring up fear in, yeah. in the hearts of the Israelites. So chapter 14, we see the people are just despairing. You know, these real people, real people oh, are them. forgetful people. Yep. Real people are yep. whiny people is also. Yes, what we they see are. Here. We <laughs> should start a list of what real people are uh, that we find in the Bible. I don't think yeah. there, would, there would be very many good characteristics. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. So they're despairing. They're fearful. And they're wanting again to go back to Egypt. And this time mm-hmm. they're like, let us choose a new leader who will lead us back to Egypt. I mean, they're like oh, ready man. to go yeah. back to Egypt. So. Caleb and Joshua this time. Joshua, who's our guy Joshua, Mm -hmm. we're about to talk about. Um, Both of these guys speak up in Numbers chapter 14, and they give this this rousing speech, or they try to, and they say, The land which we passed through to spy it out is exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their protection mm-hmm. is removed from them, and the Lord is with us, so do not fear them. So, so Caleb yeah. and Joshua are trying to get the people to, like, come on, the Lord has given us this land, but what do you think those real people do? Do you think, do you think they listen? <laughs> um, no. No. no, they try to stone them. They try to stone yeah. Caleb and Joshua for this, but yeah. God doesn't allow it. He, he appears in his glory, and he's, he's furious with his people um, for not going in and taking possession of the land. So Moses, again, bless his heart, has to yeah. intercede for the people and pray for them. Um, and so God, God, hears Moses' prayer, but God promises that not one person who's over the age of 20 will enter into the promised land. This whole mm-hmm. company of the Israelites will continue to wander the desert for 40 years, yeah. a year for every day that the spies were checking out Canaan. Um, yeah. And then after that 40 years, and after this generation of unfaithful Israelites has died out, then the next generation, the younger ones, will enter the promised land. So yeah. so as we're coming up on Joshua leading them into the promised land, that generation who came up out of Egypt that we just talked about, who received the law at Sinai, who built mm-hmm. the tabernacle, that generation will not get to enter the promised land. Um, right. It's only after they have died our real God will lead the next generation in. So yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting stories there in Numbers. So then we've got this 40 years of wandering. Yes. And then there's some other things that happen after that. Misu, why don't you tell us a little bit more there about that? All right. And I think it's really interesting that, that Joshua, at the point when he comes back, he's just one of the spies. 
He's mm -hmm. not a leader at that point. Well, I guess he was a little bit. He led the army um, in the first yeah. battle that they fought. So he was a little bit of a leader, but he, he wasn't the guy back then, you know. And then yeah. they go through 40 years of wandering. And so, you know, who is this Joshua guy? So after the 40 years of wandering, that's when they begin to, okay, it, we're ramping up now. The 40 years is over. That last one has died. And, and it's interesting. Lindsay and I found this out um, as we were doing this study. Numbers really doesn't tell us much about the actual wandering years. Very so infuriating. really, uh, yeah, <laughs> it is a little bit because we want to know what happened during those wandering years. But I think that's the point. Nothing mm -hmm. much happened during those wandering years. The, they weren't willing to take that step of faith with the Lord. And so he said, okay, you know, then nothing, nothing. Mm -hmm. And so those people, the, the people who were growing up, they were having new children, they were having babies, the kids were growing up. And, and what we know is not much. We don't know where yeah. they went, where they wandered. We don't know where they made camps. We don't yeah. know if they witnessed any miracles other than manna in the mornings. And so mm -hmm. really from about number 17 to numbers 20, we, th that there's a few little, a little information on commands and laws. And that's yeah. really all we have on those 40 years. So yeah. numbers 20 is, it says in the first month, and we believe that means in the first month of the 40th year, mm -hmm. Miriam dies. Aaron dies, but his, the priestly line continues with his son, Eleazar. Um, the people complain. That's the first thing we find out in the 40th years. First thing they do, lack of so water. This is the okay. new generation, right? Yep. This is the new bunch doing the same old thing, <laughs> lack of water and food. Real and you know people what? will be real people. <laughs> real people. Real people complain a lot. So, yes. and, and you know, God brings water from the rock, but guess what? The, those folks didn't see him do it before. So this would be new yeah. to most of them. Yeah, um, I think some of them, yeah. it, it said something about um, all of those who are 20 years old and older mm -hmm. will not will not come into the promise. Like, will will die yeah. out in that 40 years. So I think some of the people may have seen, you yes. know, some when they were young, when they were under 20, maybe they mm -hmm. saw the plagues in Egypt and the, the crossing of the Red Sea and some of that. Right. But you're right, most of them would not have known the miracles of the Lord. So this would be, yeah, new. yeah, it yeah. would be new. And so they would have remembered that some of the miracles and, you know, they also remembered how to complain. So <laughs> here we, we go again. Yes. Yes. That's not a hard one to remember. So God, now we're going to start toward the promised land though. And, you know, when it comes to, um, military stuff, Joshua's the man. Mm -hmm. So they come into Canaan and the first king that they come across is King Arad. And mm -hmm. again, God delivers them. Hallelujah. And what do they do instead they of celebrating? <laughs> oh, well, no, we complain about the miserable food. Now, what kind right. of food do we have? We have manna. Okay. It's miraculous. Now, granted 40 years of it would be, you know, a little tiresome, but mm -hmm. it's miraculous. And so they complain because they have no water to drink and no food. And so God is really tired of that. And so he sends poisonous snakes and many of them die. And they, then God tells Moses, okay, this is how they're going to be saved have somebody fashion this bronze snake, lift it up on a pole. They'll look at the bronze snake and many of them were healed. Now this whole time, Josh was kind of in an apprenticeship. 
Yeah. He's watching Moses. And, and I think at this time, the, the, the time during which after Aaron and Miriam have died, Joshua understands that he's the second man. He's the mm-hmm. one that's coming into leadership. And so during the time that they're taking these, these cities, these first few cities in Canaan, um, Joshua's watching very closely and, mm-hmm. and, and things are happening. Um, Moses is kind of taking him under his wing. Um, also in Numbers 21, the Israelites prepare to pass through Amorite territory. They're mm-hmm. getting closer and closer. So King Sion says, uh-uh, you can, you're not coming through here. God, <laughs> God delivers them into the Israelites' hands. They enter the land of Bashan. Og, King Og says, nope, can't do it. Well, <laughs> guess what? God says, yes, they can. So he gives the whole land of King Og to the Israelites. How would you like to have a name like Og? Og. King Og was coming King up Og. to it. Just, he just sounds, sounds perilous. Sounds like it needs a club, you know, <laughs> yeah. like club. Yeah. Anyway, so mm-hmm. then now we're going to Numbers 22 through 25. And this is a really interesting story. Uh, King Balak of Moab, he hires Balaam, a, a prophet, to, to curse Israel. And he's he's not a prophet like He's not for the Israelites necessarily, but God won't let him. Do you remember Balaam and the donkey? You know, the donkey that talks. It's an interesting that, story. I love yes. that story. I mean, seriously, what donkey talks? I mean, it's like Disney, right? But no, right. this is like real. This really, <laughs> mm-hmm. really happened. There's a donkey mm-hmm. that talks. So numbers 22 through 25, great fun story, um, but not so fun in the end because mm-hmm. even though Balaam refused to curse the Israelites, Balak, King Balak of Moab finds a different way to trip up the Israelites. Mm. And it says in Numbers 25, 1 through 3, while Israel was staying in Shittim, the men began to indulge in sexual immorality with Moabite women who invited them to sacrifice to their gods. The Mm. people ate the sacrificial meat and bowed down before these gods. So Israel, so Israel yoked themselves to the Baal of Peor and the Lord's Ah. anger burned against them. Oh boy. So God, yeah, that's not good. God sent mm-hmm. a plague and it was Aaron's grandson now. So the high priest now is Eleazar. So it was his son, Phineas, who stops the plague in a very interesting way. You'll have to look that up. <laughs> and he secures the high priesthood now for all the generations. Mm-hmm. Then we go through numbers 26 through 36. There's a lot of history there. The people, they take another census. Moses gives more instruction from the Lord on the boundaries of the promised land. Um, there's more instruction about daily, monthly, yearly offerings, about the feasts and the festivals. Mm-hmm. And then we get to Deuteronomy 34 and Moses dies. So that's the end of Moses era. God, mm-hmm. God buries him on Mount Nebo. Nobody knows where Moses is buried. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of an interesting little tidbit. Yeah. In verse nine, it says, then Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. I love that. That yeah. is that same filling of the spirit that empowers Joshua, just like, just like, um, Bezalel and yeah. Aholiab were filled with the spirit to enable them to build all of those articles for the tabernacle. So was Joshua filled with that spirit to enable him and empower him to be able to lead Israel. So there we go. That was numbers. We did it. So, so now we've got this Joshua who's ready to lead them in. And I just pausing for a moment, wanting to say a few things about our real people. I always like to 
you know, see if I can find myself in their shoes a little bit (laughs) as we talked about these real people. You know, we, we just ran through that bit of numbers and these real people are not doing very well at following God. They, Mm -mm. they pretty much stink at it, but you know, if we're judging the real people's faithfulness based on not whining and complaining ever, or based on believing that God can conquer the giants of the land who tower over them, or, or based on not seeking after other pleasures or other gods or other things, you know, if that's how we're basing the real people's faithfulness, honestly, I'm not doing so well being faithful to God either, because I fall Mm -hmm. into a lot of those things, whining, complaining, not believing God, seeking other things other than God. So I'm a real person too. I'm a real yeah. person just like then. And yeah. and yet our real God sticks with them and he yeah, brings he them does. safely to the edge of the promised land. He mm-hmm. defeats kings and peoples all along the way. He does what they can't do for them. And he does it out of great grace and kindness. He gives mm-hmm. them food and protection and victory, even while they're whining and complaining and unbelieving. And so that gives me hope. I keep talking about how these real people give me hope. And here's just another example <laughs> about how they give me hope. So, yeah. Okay. And I, now I love, I ahead. love what you said about, you know, he does what they can't do. Mm-hmm. I think that's really, a, that's really a beautiful, beautiful um, way to look at this whole this whole promised land thing and and all that Joshua has facing him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So now we've got this people, a new generation of people who are ready or as ready as they will ever be oh, uh, to enter the promised land. And our real God is ready to bring them in. So tell us about this new leader, Joshua, the passing of the baton here. And he's, he's ready to bring them in. How will, how's this going to work with this, new unruly bunch of yeah Israelites. unruly bunch is so true <laughs> i you know and it's a big task it, mm-hmm. it to to come into this promised land with giants which most of most of our bible say anakites i think mm-hmm. um it, it's just yeah that that's really saying it very small to say it's a big task you know in deuteronomy 31 when moses kind of gives joshua the pep talk and and says to the people, Moses or Joshua is now going to be your leader. He uses certain phrases over and over again. He says in chapter 31, verse six, he says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. The Lord, your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And then again, in verse seven, be strong and courageous. Verse 23, be strong and courageous for you will bring the Israelites into the land that God promised. And then again, at the beginning of Joshua's book, the very first chapter, God, who speaks directly to Joshua for the first time in in that book, he uses that same phraseology to encourage that Moses had used. He says in Joshua 1, 6, 1, 7, and 1, 9, be strong and courageous Mm -hmm. for you shall cause this people to inherit the land. Um, and then again, only be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed for the Lord. Your God is with you wherever you go. And mm-hmm. then again, down in verse 18, he, he says, you know, I'm going to back you when these people, these unruly people get rebellious, rebellious. He says, whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them, they will be put to death. Only here it is again, be strong and courageous. Yeah. That same thing. Yeah. The, the God told them that so many times. And, you know, as you and I were studying this, we wondered if maybe with all these pep talks from God, maybe Joshua was just a big scaredy cat. Like, like, why does God <laughs> keep telling him this? Is he just a, you know, scaredy cat who needs a lot of reassurance? 
But I'm not sure that's the Uh -uh. case because remember, he was one of only two men who was ready to go in and take the promised land that first time when they, when they spied the land and everyone else was afraid. So I'm not sure that he was just a scaredy cat, but we talked about it and we think maybe instead he just had an immensely difficult job to do except before him. And our real God kindly offered him great reassurance yeah. And hope along the way. So, Misu, why don't you get us started with telling us of just some of the tasks that he had to do, this great job that was set before Joshua. Well, task one is crossing the Jordan into enemy territory with mm-hmm. this nation of unruly people that you just, you know, you can't turn your back on them for a second, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> chapter one, verses two and three, it starts like this. You and all these people, God's tell, talking again, talking directly to Joshua. You and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to these Israelites. And I will give you, Joshua, every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. A lot of these scriptures, God says, as I promised Moses, or Mm -hmm. as I said to Moses, because that's what the people have been used to for all of these years. They're, Mm -hmm. They're used to seeing God talk to Moses. But I love these times when, when it says, in fact, I even did a search on my Bible software. The Lord said to Joshua, And 13 times it said, the Lord said to Joshua. And I love Mm -hmm. that because we're seeing how our real God now is, is beginning to speak one-on-one to Joshua. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our whole story through scripture now is how God is reestablishing that intimate relationship with people, not just one person or, or, or uh, even a group, but soon it's going to be all of us who believe um, but here he stepped out and God is, is now in direct contact with Joshua. So Joshua empowered by the spirit, that's great. But mm-hmm. are these people actually going to follow? Because, you know, you can be a great leader, but if you don't have anybody to follow yet, well, <laughs> hmm, you know, not much. So, uh, chapter three, verses seven and eight today, God said, I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of Israel so that they will know that I'm with you as I was with Moses. So tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. So here are these priests, they carry the Ark. And you remember the Ark was that big gold box that had the stones in it that God had written with his own finger, Mm -hmm. all the laws. So they, they carry this big gold box into the middle of the raging Jordan River and the waters pile up on either side. So it's kind of like a baby size Red Sea miracle, right? You uh-huh. know, the, yeah, okay. But it was big enough to show the real people that God is real inside of Joshua, that the same real God that Moses was talking to is talking to Joshua and Joshua's in charge. Yeah. So now chapter 4 verse 1 through 3, when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing. Okay, let's stop just a moment. The the priests are standing in the middle of this river. The water, just picture that. The water is standing up in the air. 
the priests are standing on dry ground and God wants to have a little conversation with Joshua. <laughs> it's not like people are hurrying, scurrying right. up, across just in time. No, we're just going to have a the, conversation. The priests are saying, excuse us, we're excuse holding us. this ark over here. Pardon me. Could, could we move this could along? Could we move maybe? it along? <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. seriously, they're just standing there and God decides to have a little conversation with Joshua. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that they're not in a hurry. They're just mm-hmm. going to obey God however long it takes. And they're just going to trust him while they're standing there. And so later on in chapter four, probably says, not without some complaining though. I'm wondering, you <laughs> know, if I they got us. <laughs> they just got it. It's just uh-huh. part of who they are. It's part of who I am. Right. Uh-huh. So yep. now the priests uh, who carried the ark remained standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything the Lord had commanded Joshua was done by the people mm-hmm. just as Moses had directed Joshua. See, you got to get Moses. They got to get Moses in there. Mm-hmm. Then the Lord said to Joshua, I just love that phrase. Command the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant law to come up out of the Jordan. But they didn't do it until God specifically told them to. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay. So now Lynn's tell us what happens next. Was it, was it battle? Did they go into battle next? No, no worse. Well, okay. Joshua's, oh. Joshua's second task is maybe worse than going into battle with all the people. What he has to do with the people next is circumcise this next generation, the whole oh, generation. So how's yeah. that for part of your initiation as a oh, new yeah. leader? As a new leader. <laughs> because, okay, so it says um, here in chapter five of Joshua, it says, at that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the, Isra- circumcise the Israelites again. Now, this is why he did so. All those who came out of Egypt, all the men of military age, died in the wilderness. Remember, because they weren't allowed to enter. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. died in the wilderness on the way after leaving Egypt. And all the people that came out of Egypt had been circumcised. But all the people born in the wilderness during the journey from Egypt had not been circumcised. So mm-hmm. Joshua's second great task, woohoo, is to circumcise woo-hoo. the whole camp who has not and yet I'm been sure circumcised. And I'm sure the whole camp was really excised, excited oh, about that. I'm sure. So, yeah. so then it tells us after the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained there where they were in the camp until they were healed, which was mm-hmm. two or three days, I think. And the Lord mm-hmm. said to Joshua, today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Um, and so the place was called Gilgal. So God, God needed them to be circumcised. That was a part mm-hmm. of their becoming yep. his people all over again. So this is an important yep. task, but not a fun one for, nope. for Joshua, I don't think. So Mm-mm. then Joshua's next big task that he needs to do um, is Jericho. Now, if you know mm-hmm. Joshua, you probably know about the Battle of Jericho. There's like children's right. songs about it. So if you're familiar, oh, yeah. you probably know about Jericho. And so that's the next big thing. But I think here, this is God's kind of throwing Joshua a bone because this seems like an easy battle to me. This it says the city is all shut up because the people of the city fear the Israelites. They've they've heard about you know these Israelites defeated King Sion, they defeated King Og. They're they are fearful, okay, yeah. and so they're no. shut up. Mm-hmm. And I think. I think I, all you have to do is walk around the city and then it falls down. No, this is see, an easy I don't, battle. <laughs> I, I don't think that's easy. See, I think God, I think this is one of the funniest verses in all of scripture. Because listen to this, Joshua 6.2. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. March, uh, wait, no, 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 no. Let me start at verse one. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred. Because of the Israelites, no one went in or out. 
Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. I, I think that's hilarious. Okay, it's shut up tight, like no one can go in or out. And God said, oh, see there, I've delivered it into your hands. What is that about? How, what do you mean you've delivered it into our hands? It's shut up tight. Nobody can get in there. How can that mean you've delivered? I think that's, I think God has a sense of humor. And I think he was being funny there. I really do. (laughs) And when those people are marching around the city wall seven times, talk about faith. You're right in the archer's sights. They are within range of those archers who, by the way, have the high ground advantage on that wall. They were an easy mark. Not to mention the fact that just three days prior, all of the men, not maybe not all of the men, but the ones who had been born in the wilderness had just been circumcised. So they were, they were absolutely not in any shape to go into battle. They Do you think this weak. battle was not as easy as the children's oh, songs make it out to no, be? <laughs> no, 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 All right. no. Fair not enough. Not at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair so enough. I don't think it was easy. I think it was a huge step of faith. And I think mm-hmm. the when the walls came down, oh my goodness, that is just huge because mm-hmm. they really did see that it was all God. So, mm-hmm. so what happens next? Oh my goodness. They're ready for this next conquering. They're ready mm-hmm. for the next city. They are pumped. They are ready to watch God do something else great. So Joshua sends scouts to the next city. I, it's AI. So I think you say it, I. So yeah. the scouts come back. They say, ah, no problem. So Joshua says, all right, I'm just going to send out 3,000 Israelite warriors. You guys can take that city. I'm sending out my 3,000 best. And Joshua 7:4 says, but they were routed by the men of Ai, who killed 36 of them. Well, I, you know, 36 <laughs> Israelites does not sound like routing to me. Not but so much of a routing. <laughs> but, I, you know, for them, who God is supposed to be delivering whole cities into their hands, 36 of their friends and yeah. family and brothers and uncles and dads, that, that was heartrending. And yeah. so Joshua... He just has a meltdown. Alas, sovereign Lord, why did you ever bring this people across the Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? I he mean, sounds he, like, star- he sounds like those real people. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Joshua well, is a real person, us? too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he just and I th- he has a crisis of faith here. He's just mm-hmm. he just is a mess. And I think he he just seems to think God failed him here. Mm. Yeah. And I, I love, I don't love it, but I appreciate the fact that the Bible shows us leaders who mess up yep. or leaders who don't have the kind of faith that never fails. Right. They, it shows us leaders who have faults and yeah. God says to him, the Lord said to Joshua, here it is. Stand up. What are you doing down on your face? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant. And sure enough, someone took something. They stole it. Then they lied about it. And they took it as their own possession. And God said, whoever is caught with that thing, they need to be destroyed. Because they were supposed to destroy the things they that were. they had taken from, from these cities, exactly. right? And yep. somebody didn't do that? Exactly. Exactly. So after they dealt with this lawbreaker, what does the Lord say to Joshua? 
do not be afraid. Do mm-hmm. not be discouraged. Same message. Now take the whole army with you and go up and take that city of I because I've delivered it into your hands. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened. Yeah. 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 That's great. Well, and then, so, you know, we've got Jericho, we've got this. And so God's building some confidence in, mm-hmm. in Joshua, I think. Yeah. But then what do you suppose oh, comes next? They have to, yeah. they have to go take just another city. No, no, oh, no, no, not even. They have to take two cities. No, no. not mm-hmm. even a giant army of surrounding mm-hmm. nations comes out against them. It's Holy a bunch. Cow. Like, yeah, I don't even know if I can read all the way through this. Um, Jabin, king of Hazor, sent word to Jobab, king of Madon, to the kings of Shimron and Ashkaf. Yeah, good luck <laughs> with all those difficult. names, Lince. <laughs> and the I, northern mm-hmm. kings who are in the mountains, and the southern kings in the western foothills, to the Canaanites in the east and the west, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Parasites, the Jebusites, the hill country. Like, this is a giant army of surrounding nations. It's a huge list. And, and they came out with all their troops and a yeah. large number of horses and chariots, a huge army, as numerous as the sand on the seashore. All these kings joined forces and made camp together at the waters of Moram to fight against Israel. And what did and God say to Joshua? I bet he said, do not do be afraid. Not be afraid. And afraid this of is them. a moment when you need Holy the Lord cow. to say, you better do hear not that. be afraid. And Ugh. so I'm so glad that our real God speaks to Joshua like that. Like, yeah. I don't care who you are. Yep. I don't care who you are. That's terrifying. Yes. That's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Even whether or not you've got the spirit of wisdom in you, mm-hmm. whether or not you've been chosen and set apart by God, whether or not you've faced things and God has delivered you from them previously, this is terrifying. So again, yeah. maybe maybe Joshua wasn't just scaredy pants. Oh, <laughs> um, oh no. But, but these are kind of impossible odds. Yeah. And our real God is ready to give assurance. And I'm mm-hmm. thankful that he does that for us as well. Yeah. He, he gives us reassurance through his word and through his spirit for times that I need to remember that my God is still big and he's yeah. still with me no matter yeah. what's coming against me. So yeah, yikes. This is, this is rough. Joshua, Joshua goes through a lot here. And so then as we, as we keep progressing through the book of Joshua, the next chapter Uh, Chapter 12 gives a a list of defeated kings. So the Lord keeps delivering people into their hands, giving them this land. Um, Chapter 13 begins with some good news that Joshua's fighting days are over, but some sort of bad news that there's still lots of land they haven't conquered yet. So it kind of leaves us hanging there a little bit. God promises to help keep clearing out some of that, but it kind of leaves us hanging a bit. But then after conquering all these kings and all these places... Drum roll, please. Ah. <laughs> we finally, finally get to the task of dividing up the promised land. They've, they've cleared mm-hmm. out enough. God has given them victory over enough people and parts of this land that they now get to dwell in it. So, yeah. yes, a new home Yay. finally for this wandering people, this, this enslaved people who've yep. come out of Egypt and been wondering Yes, Misu, tell us a little yay. bit about this. This is like, yay, the dividing up of the promised yes. land. It's so, so exciting. We've, we've arrived. Finally, finally. And, you mm-hmm. know, we didn't look up how many years this was. So I, mm-hmm. I guess I can't tell people how, how many years it was that they actually did the fighting. But it says yeah. when Joshua was, was an old man. So yeah. it was years and years and years that this, this fighting took place. But chapter 14 explains that the promised land was assigned by lot, not capital L-O-T, not the lot (laughs) of Genesis, not the man, 
but by lot, they were kind of like the dice that we use today. And they believed that God's spirit guided those dice and Mm. helped decide uh, how those, those die um, landed. And so Mm. that's how they decided which tribe got which piece of land. There was also Mm. land given specifically to Caleb and Joshua because of their faithfulness in that report years and years before when they were spies in the land. Um, and so there was specific land designated for those two men individually. And then the Levites, they um, received allotted towns and pasture lands um, because they, even though they didn't get a specific tribal inheritance, the families of Levites got specific land in each of the tribes mm-hmm. because of their service in the temple or in the tabernacle at this point. Yeah. And so, and, and what happened to the tabernacle, Lindsay, it says in, in chapter 18, verse one, the whole assembly of the Israelites gathered at Shiloh, which is in the, the tribal area of Ephraim. Mm-hmm. And they set up the tent of meeting or the tabernacle there. Yeah. So if you look on a map of Israel, if you can find it on Google um, and find out where the tribal allotment is, you'll see the the tribe of Ephraim that's where they put mm-hmm. the tabernacle. Yeah. So, so then, now our our people have our people have a home a dwelling place yep. and their god has a dwelling place among them in right. their new home. That's yep. cool. Yeah. So now we have the Joshua's farewell chapters 23 and 24. We kind of shortened it up. I'm going to read it to you just real quickly here. After a long time had passed and the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies around them, Joshua, Mm. by then a very old man, summoned all of Israel and said to them, this is what the Lord of Israel, the God of Israel says. And he gives a little summation of Israel's history up to that point. Mm -hmm. And if you want to hear some of some of Israel's history, you all can just kind of go back to our previous podcast and catch up a little bit. We've been there. (laughs) We've we've been there, done that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then he continues, he said, and the Lord said, so I gave you this land on which you did not toil and cities you did not build and you live in them and you eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did Mm -hmm. not plant. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Mm -hmm. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Here's the famous line from Joshua. Mm -hmm. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, oh, far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, (laughs) oh, we would never do such a thing. Yeah, really. (laughs) Joshua said to the people, I love this. Joshua's like, oh, shut up. Right. He -hmm. says, you are not able. You are not capable. You are not able to serve the Lord because he is holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. Joshua is like calling him on it. He's like, Mm -hmm. don't you be saying that lightly. The people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. And they said, yes, we are witnesses. Now then, Joshua said, throw away the foreign gods that are among you. So he knew that they already had started accumulating foreign gods. And he said, yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people Mm -hmm. said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord. And obey him. Interesting that they added that little last part after they were pushed a little. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people 
And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. Mm -hmm. So Lindsay, tell me, you think they were able to do it? (laughs) You think they can follow God? I guess we'll find out. We'll we'll find out next time. But this encourages me to, you know, the Lord has given me land in which I do not toil. Like the Lord has given me so much. Now fear the Lord and serve him with faithfulness. That's what I'm going to take away from this today is to fear the Lord and serve him with faithfulness. And I guess we'll see how I do. Well, I guess we'll see how the real people do. (sighs) Me too. Yeah, next time. Me too. (laughs) But okay. Well, thanks for joining us today. And to be sure you don't miss a single episode of Real People, Real God, you can subscribe on iTunes, Android, or Stitcher, or listen to it on Misu's Friday blog at www.misuandrews.com slash blog. And we have notes for each podcast available on there as well in the date of the podcast. And you can post comments and questions on there for us. And if you have a question specifically for one of us, just indicate Misu or Lindsay, and we would love to reply and get back to you. All right, everybody, come back next time. And remember, be real. Thanks for listening to Real People, Real God. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to give us a rating on iTunes. We rely on real people to provide feedback and a real God to provide listeners.